This is Wilson from F3 Dayton with your weekly QSource topic, where we review a chapter of the QSource while also hearing a classic episode of the 43 Feet podcast featuring Dread and Dark Helmet. This week's topic from the book is Q1.7, Shield Lock, the horizontal relationship between men. As always, Dredd has written three main points regarding this topic. In the third point, he brings out the three P's of proximate, purpose, and periodic. Some time ago here in Dayton, we tried to initiate a shield lock with a few packs. We ran into a few obstacles. First, I live on the north side and the others were all south siders. Proximity was an issue. Next, the purpose of our shield lock was to have a shield lock. As none of us had previously been engaged in this type of group, we were each coming with different expectations and motivations. Finally, the periodic part was not conducive to the chosen individuals to participate. Different work schedules, family, and workout commitments in this case was prohibited. But, while we missed out on the opportunity to form a small shield lock at that time, Dredd says an ideal size is three to five packs, it seems that there is still an overarching shield lock that is naturally formed by just the larger body of packs in the region. Someone has a need that they bring up. There is usually someone who steps up to help out. It may not be as intimate, but it's still effective on some level. Dredd's first point, man hunts best in a pack. Eyes to the side have the animals that hide. Eyes up front have the animals that hunt. Man's eyes are up front. We are hunters, not hiders. In fact, we are the apex predator of the Earth's apex predators. But unlike the other hunters, our success is not based upon strength, speed, or the size of our fangs. It is our ability to hunt together in a very complex way that puts man at the very top of the food chain. Secondly, men recognize the advantage of mutual defense. Man, the hunter, is also born hardwired to protect himself and his loved ones from other hunters. Recognizing strength in numbers, we combine into communities for our mutual protection from aggression. When threatened, we lock our individual shields together into a defensive way to repel the invader. While both threat and defensive means have evolved throughout history, this elemental fact of who we are has never changed. The high-impact man locks his shield with other high-impact men to protect the people behind the wall. Finally, acceleration of the shield lock requires preparedness. The high-impact man, because he's turned pro, treats his shield lock like every other essential guardrail in his life by bricklaying to increase preparedness. To get ready for the expected and be ready for the unexpected, the high-impact man accelerates his shield lock. This starts by viewing the shield lock as a team rather than a club. They are two vastly different organisms that only look similar from the outside. A club is a loose combination of people seeking companionship. Its only real requirement for existence is some means by which it satisfies its participants' desire to briefly combine. On the other hand, a team is a proximate combination of two or more people formed to perform a specific mission for the benefit of a community, an organization, or both. 
whereas a club exists solely to facilitate companionship, an effective team is governed by the rule of 3P, meaning its members must be in proximity, have purpose, and meet periodically. With that as an overview, here's the substantive portion from a classic episode of the 43 Feet Podcast with Dread and Dark Helmet talking about Shield Lock. If there's one thing I've learned, over the <laughs> <laughs> and there's only a few. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, my gosh. You're listening to 43 Feet, a podcast about leadership. We believe that real leading happens out front, but that means you're probably building the next 43 feet of good road for those behind you while you're running the race yourself. My name is Frank Schwartz, known in the gloom of the early morning as Dark Helmet to my F3 brothers, and I'm joined each week by Dave Redding, or Dread, one of the co-founders of F3 Nation. We're going to answer your questions, pontificate wildly, teach leadership, and otherwise attempt to help you navigate the next 43 feet. Where I thought we might dive into this week is uh, we've talked, you know, in, in weeks past now, we've talked about Concentrico. We talked about our M a little bit. We didn't really touch on as much as I thought we might. But let's talk just really briefly and hit hit one more time just kind of the the idea that why M is in the middle. And then let's talk. What I really want to talk about this week is shield lock because we've seen a number of guys that, I, you know, you work out with them, I work out with them. And we hear these things in, in at the end of our workouts where we kind of share a little bit about what's going on in our lives we hear things where there's just tough stuff going on. And what I want to ask and what I want to kind of get us talking about is how do we effectively use these relationships to accelerate us? So what is that relationship with our M? What is the nature of that? Why do we have that the where it is? And then how do we, I really want to branch out to how do we use shield lock to, to our advantage? Does that make sense? Yep. So the centrality of the M is starts from the proximity, obviously closest person yes. you share the most with, and the fact that the M is a transformative relationship that yes. changes you from the I to the us, and also is transitional from boyhood to manhood to become responsible for another person. Uh, and all that would be without invoking any sort of faith traditions. That would, right. That That's would just... work across the board, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and to be responsible for another person and to give yourself up for them. So if you can't start there, if you're incapable of sacrificing to that degree, to that depth, to that extent uh, for that relationship, then you most likely would not do it uh, anywhere else. else. Okay. So that that's, it sets the pattern for how you'll deal with everyone else. Perfect. And that's, and, and that's kind of what I was getting to in my brain, I think. And so with that then, now let's say that we've been able to, to you know, we're, we're focusing our arrows. We get that that's the sort of a thing. Our next layer out is shorties. Right. Right. And I don't want to skip over shorties, but I think there's a, a whole different depth to, to go into there. But maybe let's let's just kind of hit on that really quick. And so what's the the high level nature of the relationship with the shorties? Well, that's your sacrificial relationship. Right. Which means you we talked about, you know, if proximate is the bed, then the kids are down the yeah, hall, whatever right. it is. But yeah. Right. And it's not transformational. Uh, per se, because you've already been transformed, but sacrificial in the sense that there's nothing you won't do for them. Mm-hmm. So how much money does each shorty get? The amount of money you have divided by the number of shorties you have. Right. <laughs> really what it breaks down to at the end, right? right. Uh, and yeah. uh, I much? look at the relationship with uh, my children almost as a concentric circle within a concentric circle in this sense that as they, because they're much more dynamic than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hopefully, my wife is not going to change to the degree my children have changed since I've gotten that'd to know be, them as babies. That'd be right? tough, yeah, yeah. So 
uh, I look at the, that at more. My relationship is like a uh, compass, you know, an old compass that you would use to draw a circle with. Okay. I'm the point of the compass, and they're the, the pencil. And they at each with each trip around the circle, mm-hmm. which is a year mm-hmm. of their lives, they're farther out. So the feet of the of the compass are more spread out. Okay. So the circle they're drawing is increasingly it's not quite a spiral, but it's right. It's increasing, kind of an, uh-huh. increasingly large circles because. First emotionally and then physically, they are progressively moving away from being joined to me. Of course they are. I mean, if it's a healthy relationship, that's yeah, the way it is. That's, yeah. And yet, despite the fact that they move, I do not. So the, the pencil, them, the, they're the ones in motion increasing the size of the circle, whereas I stay in place. And if you look at a compass, an old compass, it's got a needle on it. Mm-hmm. If you use it on a drafting board, right. and that uh, needle is implanted on the board and it stays where it is because that gives the, the circle stability. So if you've done that correctly, as your child grows and moves farther and farther away, they keep drawing a true circle. I mean, mm-hmm. they stay in line, but also they never lose that connection. So the center of the world can still come back. You've provided them with that stable basis. Uh, for w- to which they can always return to the degree they need to. You know, it might be simply an emotional return in a sense to know you're there. Something doesn't even need to be spoken, but it, it might be a physical one. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But th- that's what you owe their, the, the obligation you owe to them as they move away from you is you don't move away from them. You, you, you stay you are where to be you the const- are. You are that North Star. Right. That's person. consistency. Yeah. That's a wow. leadership virtue. That's a virtue. Right. Yeah. So that gives them freedom. Because eventually they become... I mean, they don't ever move out of the concentrica, but your uh, influence and proximity and all those kinds of things change, change, change over time. Right. Your so, your stability and consistency is translates into their freedom because then they can feel free to experiment and move out and know that they can always return. If, and if yeah. need be, they could draw a smaller circle for a season. Right. Yeah. I'm going to live in the basement for a minute. Hopefully not that small. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it happens. It happens. Yeah, well, if it does, it does. Right. Well, but I've heard a lot of guys, you know, well, uh, when their kid, you know, the last one hits 18, they go, well, it's time to get a smaller house. Yeah. Right. So we can just sure. discourage return. Right. Boomerang children. Right. So then then from there, we go out one more and, and now shield lock. And this is different than a whetstone relationship. It's different than, than blades and stone. It's, it is it is that. Uh, horizontal. Horizontal. Thank right. you. I, I would side-by-side horizontal relationship. So how do I, as whether I've got an F3, you know, maybe I'm not an F3 guy, I don't know, but mostly guys that are listening to this are, um, I would presume guys and gals that are listening to this, but, but those people that you, that, that are your peers, that are your close personal relationships. So let's, who would, who would fall in there, I guess is number one. And then number two is how do I interact with them to advantage yeah well there's two branches of shield lock first of all before i talk about it it is consistently the thing that i've noted in men's lives that i've worked with that is is most apt to be decelerating rather than accelerating or non-existent because because it's very very difficult and for the reasons that i'm going to tell you so here are the two branches and the one branch it's that is a branch of say eligibility like what would what would be Mm. Uh, profitable. Here, here's the characteristics of of the guy. Uh, so you're looking for basically three guys. So mm. a four okay. man shield lock is ideal. 
And the reason why I say that is because three would be the perfect number, and the extra ones in case a guy drops out. So basically, <laughs> you know, it's you know, we say John it, fell down a hill, right? Yeah. In the in the things that are mission essential, two is one, and one is none. Right. So that which okay. you must have to accomplish your mission, you should have two of, uh, so you can afford to to lose one. So the ideal shield lock relationship for a man is four men. Uh, okay. So that would give you the cord of three strands, which is not quickly broken. So. Right. The, what that requires is that you find three other men who share these characteristics. Number one, you have to be accelerating at the same general pace. Yeah, we talked about that, and, and uh, or at least we mentioned it before. W- what do you mean by that? Well, uh, if you take the things that we say are essential, the elements of the, of the Q source, like uh, your relationship with your, your M, for, for instance. So guys that have similar kinds of relationships. Yeah, that they're accelerating at the same general pace. For instance, if 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 a if a guy that you would want to be in a shield lock with is does not believe in the importance of marriage, you know, for him it's not in his concentrica. Oh, you yeah. Know? Or even worse, is actively engaged in activity that is detrimental to his marriage and is not repentant of that. We've seen that as, as well. That's right. Now, the problem for the shield lock with that is that he really can't provide you with much. Yeah, because your relationship is going to be about that. It's going to be about his, his the failure of his marriage. Why? Uh, because that's, that's all he his, wants to talk about. Well, that's that's his biggest problem. That's his biggest weakness, right? Got it. So he's if he's in deep deceleration there. Likewise, if you you can't if you have three guys that are in good shape and getting in better shape physically, and one guy who's, who's obese and and getting fatter, well, that guy he you can't lock shields with that guy. Right, now look at the this is a battlefield uh, analogy, and it goes back to the way all battles were fought before gunpowder, which was warriors would have a shield in the left hand, which is you know the wooden right. platform that was uh, affixed to what's called a boss, a metal boss with okay. a handle on it, and they would hold that in their left hand, and in the right hand they'd have their, their sword. And if you pick a picture of a Roman legionnaire or a Viking or anybody, they all use the same sure. methodology. And if they were out kind of freewheeling, they would fight with the shield. You know, hold off their opponent's blows with the shield, and they would fight with their sword. But when they were in mass, they would lock those shields together and move forward as a unit or backwards as a unit together mm-hmm. so that they couldn't be flanked. Right. So that was the idea of holding that shield lock. They, that wall could not be broken, and they would bang against each other. Now, if one of the members of your shield lock does not have a sword that's firmly affixed to the boss— or We got a, we got a problem. I mean, or or his sh- sword is not sharpened, or doesn't believe in swords, whatever. Or whatever right. 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 So you're, or, he, or right. he can't stand the idea of staying in right. line with you guys, and so he takes sure. off out. You know, right. we can't do anything about he, that. He he needs to go find another shield lock. Yeah. Not that he doesn't get one. Right. But you guys <laughs> are disqualified. Right. Him. Right. Yeah. You aren't accelerating at the same general pace, and because of that, you can't lock shields together. Your relationship is going to be about the point in his life. Uh, wherever he happens to be stuck. Where he's stuck or decelerating, really. Yeah, and, and really, I guess there is no stuck, is there? Right. Yeah, right. You're, you're either forward right. or backward. That's and same thing, you know, not to belabor it, but same thing on faith. Uh, if uh, It's not necessary that you be in the same faith tradition, but I think it's very helpful. Um, very at, helpful. At least broad strokes, for sure. Sure, right. Yeah. And I think it's per- perfectly possible to be in different faith traditions as long as you're accelerating within them at the same general pace. So, you know, if you had a sure. guy who was a evangelical Christian, it would be difficult for him to lock shields with a guy who was a non-observant Jew, I think. Right. No, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I don't really go to 
synagogue. I don't sure. really know. I'm not interested. Same in all way, that. you know, a lukewarm yeah. Christian and a, and a very fired up Druid might not right. be able to <laughs> find common ground. Are there still Druids? I don't even know. I assume. I, you know what? I assume there are. They're, they're temple, right? The Stonehenge is still there, so why wouldn't they be there, right? Makes sense. Makes sense. Makes so, sense. So that, that mutual general uh, accelerating at the same general pace is, is, is point number one. Point number two is trust. It requires absolute trust in a f- as and the basis of a fiduciary. In other words, that the other guy places your interests co-equal with his or above. Or above, yeah. And uh, if if he if you can't trust a guy like that, well, you can't can't turn your back on him. And a big part of this is be able to turn your back. Know that a guy's got he's he, got your back. Yeah, he's holding up the shield to guard your back, just as you're doing it to guard his. And that requires. Reliance and reliance uh, is a hard, hard, hard thing to build. An easy, easy thing to lose. And if it isn't there, you're not in a shield on. That is a, a a common thing, right? Where and and you see this different patterns of this all over the place. But the the good habit is something that takes years and discipline and all these things yeah. to build. And man, one one or two stupid decisions and it undoes. Yeah, two. Two. Okay, we'll give it two. Well, I was gonna oh, say, you know, I said one or two. Well, depending, know, on, the, depending on the magnitude, I might even of the decision. go. I might even go three. Depending I mean, on the magnitude right. of the decision, because this is the point. You know, I, I think we've talked a little about flux. You know, the emotional reaction a man has to the peaks and valleys in his life. We all yep. have it. Uh, we undulate. Uh, part of being a mature and an accelerating virtuous leader is being prepared for that flux and not letting it destroy you. But a great way you do that, you set the basis for that, is to have these other men in your life. Yeah. So that you know that if you trip, you know you're still hooked into these guys and you get your footing back. Now, right, yeah, you're not down and getting trampled. That's right. You're, yeah. Or throwing your shield down and you're giving up your sword running away or right. whatever. Whatever right? it might be. We're stretching this analogy to the point of conceit, no. but that's that's the idea, <laughs> right? That's the idea. I like so, to stretch everything to that right. point. So, the, so this trust is, is critical. Okay. Uh, and then the third <laughs> element is uh, shared essential virtue. So... What I mean by that is, if we have, a, we believe that there are these essential leadership virtues right. in F three, right? We talk about them: candor and commitment, and consistency, mm-hmm. uh, and courage, and and contentment. That we share. There's essential. In other words, they are habits of moral excellence that are not debatable. Uh, I'm not going to be in a shield lock with a guy that's like, you know what, courage. Eh, I don't know if you really need not that. buying that. Yeah. You know, yeah. or consistency. Look, I reserve the right to be mercurial. One day I'll be this guy. Next day I'll be that guy. Right? I and, mean, and it's not a judgment against that nope. guy if that's how he chooses to live. He can it's just simply that won't be a good fit for a shield lock for me. Right. It's yeah. it's an essential for a shield lock. Maybe period. Right. right now, based on the kind of group you are, uh, punctuality may be essential for an infantry rifle company. It surely right. is for a rock and roll band. It surely isn't. Not so much. Right. So yeah. I don't really need to. To be have shared essential shared virtues in all ways with every single guy, uh, and with with all the guys in my shield lock. But those essentials we've we've got to have. Pretty well nailed down. We got to have. Yeah. You know. Um, so those those three are the are the components. So first of all, you got to find four guys, four guys, three guys, well, three guys up there, three guys yeah. like that. Next, they also have to share the three P's, right? They have to be proximate. Right, because we don't do this over the phone. It's got to right. be guys that are capable of them. coming yeah. together because they're close enough. Uh, they have to be uh, periodic, willing to be periodic. Those meetings have to be 
periodic. And this isn't uh, so. I think the way a lot of guys think about this, or my my perception and observation of of when I'm out there amongst the packs, and and you know I see it, the guys. Um, is that we tend to think of oh uh, uh, periodic like I, we show up to workouts together yeah well yeah. It, could, it could be that okay it could be that in fact that was gonna be my question in is, fact, is that you know, enough or are we talking something more it could be that uh, okay it, but it has to be something that okay. you do at a you do at a, a regular frequency that's what we mean by periodic so let's say you and three other guys in Fort Mill said we are going to go to this particular workout and we'll always be there period period. Yeah. Unless death do us part, out of town, right? Right. We're, we'll always be, right. <laughs> death or out of town. Those right. are the only two choices. That's it. Everything else. Everything else <laughs> nothing else in between. <laughs> Lost a leg doesn't right. matter. You're is not it, dead. You're not out of town. Dead? Get over there. No, but he better be out of town. <laughs> so uh, that periodic thing, along yeah. with proximate, is important. And the final thing has got to be productive. And that's a pretty loose term. Productive in a sense that you sit in a room and you have an intent to do it. Do something. It could be to play fantasy football. Okay. It could be to have a Bible study. It could be, like my accountability group, my my shield lock. We we run a, a ten mile run every Tuesday. We call yes. that the accountability run. Yeah. And every Tuesday we don't. I've seen don't tweets de- to that. Effect. We don't debate what workout we're going to. We go to that. And that's that. And that's that. You know, uh, that's about the only time we can find to get together, and that's what we do. So the productivity is to do the, to, the, to do the run together. But it could be. It really could be anything. Okay, and so. So it could be the workout, sure. Then, I mean, in that sense, yeah. I mean, you know, it's much like the the accountability run. Right. And I'm assuming uh, then on the accountability run, if a person was to do something like that, uh, the the it would be at a pace where at uh, some discussion could happen, or is it just is it just the showing up is enough? No. Well, you know, we we run it pretty hard, and we don't always stay together for the full ten miles. Okay. Uh, but the point is that we get there, much of the, our good work is done after the run. Uh, okay. And that's, that's what I was kind of wondering. Yeah. So uh, that's a group-by-group group thing. So if you're going to play fantasy football uh, or whatever it is you're going to do, mm-hmm. gin, rummy, doesn't really matter. Whatever, whatever you're doing, right, uh, that there's some portion of that that allows for guys to air out what's going on in their lives. And – I'm assuming then also that over time the the tenor of what is discussed will change and evolve and deepen and that kind of thing. So in other words, a guy shouldn't be too concerned about, well, we showed up and let's let's get right to it and just strips himself wide open or whatever. Like, is this a thing you sort of let happen or is it do you feel like that enough trust has been built, there's been enough consistency, there's been enough of these other things that you know what? Get right to it. I think it depends on the nature of the guys. Okay. I also think that a lot of those conversations are initiated by observation of the guys that maybe not going through anything. So, you know, let's say one guy is struggling with his wife and it's written on his face. Mm-hmm. Right? He's quiet. Right. And, you know, and the other guys, because they're periodic and proximate, they do things together. They recognize that there's an alteration in his behavior or in his, sure. in his deportment is different somehow. Yeah. And they say, what's going on with you, man? He's like, ah, oh, of course, nothing. Just, you know, you know, yeah, the usual stuff. Fine. Like yeah. what? Life. Ah, I just struggle with my wife right now. Or going, you know, and you talk about it instead of burying it. Right. Right. That's that's the idea. <clears throat> so there has to be a. Or you know, the guy doesn't even show up at all. Oh. That's the periodic idea, right? Because if it's not regular and consistent, then failure to be there doesn't actually. That's not an mean indicator. Anything. Right. Yeah, it's not. Oh, that makes sense. Right. Yeah, because you can't then say, 
Oh, hey man. Hey, where's I missed you? Where's oh, Frank? did we Wait, say where? we were doing something? Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So <clears throat> this is going to be a tough one, I think, for some guys. It's then. a tough one for everybody because yeah, you know, well, yeah, for everybody because willingness a to open yourself is one thing, but willingness in a in that candor virtue to and go after a guy is not the right terminology so fix that for me but um but but a willingness to to dive at you and not let you up with one ah it's fine it's fine it's fine so that's correction which is zealous advocacy for essential virtue so you if if one of the members of the group uh exhibits some doubt in some essential virtue through his behavior or his words um, one of the other guys should be willing to zealously advocate for it to say, man, this is what we believe in. What's the deal? That's why you start out with shared essential virtues. Because if you don't, if you start out with a guy that, that, that is dubious about um, monogamy, mm-hmm. then when he's not monogamous, you- <laughs> what's the point of saying, what's the deal with you? Right. But, you know, the hope is here that uh, one of the hopes is that if you start to falter, if, if, you're, if the life of a man is designed to be driven in the close to the middle of the road as possible or down the middle of the fairway, if you want to use a golf analogy, that okay. well, long before you hit one in the rough, some guy's like, your other guy goes like, hey, bud. You know, you, yeah, do you see what you're doing here? Yeah, I mean, I, was, I saw you coming out of Ruby Tuesday with a 25-year-old girl. <laughs> I mean, what's your explanation? So, and that? your daughters are not that old, and so we... Well, yeah, yeah was, we have a new assistant, and, you know, I was just... You know, yeah, right. come on, man. So how about you stop kidding right. you? And we know you're lying because yeah. who would go to Ruby Tuesday on a Tuesday night? Right, that's disgusting. <laughs> right. That's right. It's not gonna yeah. work. Yeah, it's not gonna work. Right. Um, the salad bar is really good, yeah. man. Have you ever sure. been? Fire. Right. <laughs> that's the hope. That's right. the hope that because we because a man doesn't get into the ditch in one move. No, he it drifts. Is a series. He yeah. drifts, and he has a lot of opportunities. A lot of hopefully a lot of rumble strips that'll hit his wheels and wake him up to that. But you know. You know, that idea where you suddenly you're awake and it's too late. What you want is a guy to snatch you by the snack and swivel and jerk you back to reality long before, you know, your vehicle's in the ditch. And uh, what that requires, again, proximity, periodic, productive relationship where guys are doing things together. They trust each other. That's the other thing. Trust got to be there. So one guy says, look, man, I don't think you're right about what you're doing. You're on the wrong path. Mm -hmm. If you don't trust them, you probably just say, okay, well, thanks for sharing. Don't really care. So with that, then, I got a couple questions. <clears throat> One is, do you do you set ground rules to start with? Like, do you kind of, do you spend some time ahead? You know, like, say, so I've identified the three guys. Well, first of all, before we get there, other, other things that are essential. No, that's it. Those okay. six. Those are, that was it. So before, because you went there, you don't identify three guys. You identify one. You say well, I was gonna, okay. if you're if That's you're where I was going. if you're going to deliberately build your shield lock, mm-hmm. you don't try to find three guys. Okay. You try to find one. Okay. And you approach that guy and you tell him what you want to do, and you get buy-in on those six things, right? Mm-hmm. And then you say, okay, now let's get us, let's get ourselves a, another guy. And, and you both agree on the guy. Yeah. And then okay. when you get three, you do the same thing and you go find the fourth guy. That's how you do it. Okay. No, that's, and that makes sense. Because 
much like trying to coordinate a calendar or something amongst four random people or I'm whatever it is. I'm pretty sure like, those guys that juggle chainsaws and axes and flame sticks <laughs> don't start, start with four. Yeah, they started out with two golf balls or you know right. foam balls right and they learned how to d- juggle two balls with one hand and then three balls and then somebody was like now now a knife you know chainsaw right. that was down stream that's, that's later that's right yeah. so start okay. out with small steps to build those positive habits little bricks that you can carry right and same thing in this building of the shield lock start out with the with, with the steps that are most likely to succeed and and move forward to the to strengthen it so what sorts of things I mean, what sorts of things do we cover in there? Is there anything that's off limits? I would say no. Okay. I would say no. Okay. Um, Other things that I've observed that I'm going to throw out there. Some guys look and say, and I think that we maybe have done this, I don't want to say incorrectly, but maybe. maybe, uh, We have looked at those relationships as whetstone relationships. These horizontal relationships as sort of accountability partners almost. Right. But that's not quite accurate. No, the whetstone is a vertical relationship. The the shield lock is a horizontal relationship. Whetstone is vertical. So the, the stone and the blade occupy different places, whereas within the shield lock you're in the same place, side by side. And that's when, after you find one guy, then you move that to two and you move that to three. Well, you make your shield lock, but the whetstone is... is Generally, an older guy doesn't have to be. And that was going to be my next right. question was, you know, we, you have said typically an older guy, but I think it's maybe even more so more of a phase of life kind of a thing. I just think it's maybe a the stone has to have for a season must be harder to the blade to get to to wet to, to actually do anything. Right. I, I mean, now this this so when, guy, that's what I'm saying. Different phase of life. So maybe uh, a little more experience, a little further down the road on some things. Maybe his kids are a little older, so he has some. In all things F3, the development of the Whetstone program was in reaction to a need, 43 feet ahead, right? Right. And guys were saying that, you know, we need some sort of mentorship program. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were very dubious about mentorship because it seems to be something that is done superficially. You know, it's old guy, young guy, cup of coffee, do your mentorship thing, you know. Right. And we right. wanted it to make it work so we unpacked it a little bit said what's missing and really one thing that was missing was this sense that the mentor has something specific to offer life experience and that there's a result that he's trying to achieve which is to sharpen the younger guy like make him more effective right and to do that he of course has to be a stone he has to be harder than the blade right otherwise you're getting no friction and you're you're not doing it there's no grinding being done yeah so I think it's typical of a corporate type mentorship program. One is designed to check a block rather than actually right. work for the mentor to say something like, you know, I'm going to get as much out of this as you are. And I'm here to learn just as much as you are. <laughs> and my reaction to that is then why am I bothering? Why are we here? <laughs> I mean, right, yeah. You know, it's like, but, but that is, uh, what kind of happens in a shield lock situation. Shield lock is a different relationship right. because you're, it is co-equal and you're looking that you're looking for that, um, you're looking for that difference, right? Yeah. That change. So, yeah, so, so that kind of, uh, well, I'm going to get as much out of this as you are. Right. Is okay there. Um, it's, it's Surely. It's when it's, you know, I'm supposed to be pouring into this other guy. And I'm right. like, well, 
you'll probably splash some up on me you too. Do. Won't or, that be fun? Right. No. Or you know, but it, show, it also shows a lack of confidence on behalf of the of what we call the stone, the mentor. I mean, it's it's he doesn't believe in what he's doing. Okay, he's already making excuses. He's uh, he's he, yeah. Those are, those are self-effacing self-effacing parentheticals. parentheticals. And we know how much right. you love those. Right. I, I, yeah. And I, I what they show is a lack of commitment on my part. Um, you know, if I say you come out of your way to meet with me and we sit down and the first thing I tell you is I don't have anything to offer you, what's the point? Why are we there? Why are we there? Why are we there? We well, wouldn't do that with your kids, right? No. We don't do Yeah, no, definitely not. Right. Yeah, definitely not. No, we never do that. You say your 10-year-old kid, I'm here to learn from you. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, well, I w- if I was a 10-year-old kid, I'd say, well, well, let me teach you how to drive. Yeah, right? Yeah. I would say there's a, there's a rare occasion, and usually it's around some sort of social media that I have no idea about. You know, That might be a different situation, but that's not a Whetstone relationship. No. So. Yeah. So when, when do you... When do you know, or, or are you always ready for a shield lock relationship? And, or is it a, you know, something you work up to? Is it a thing, or is it just kind of a thing that you Always ready, or is it a need? Well, uh, that's a fair question. I don't know. You so I me. say you're always in need of it as a man. And if you, if you lack it, then your concentric is, is incomplete, and you cannot get right. And if you cannot get right, you cannot, you cannot live, live right. right. Okay. When do you know that you're ready for a whetstone relationship? Same answer. Okay. Because you have to have one. You have to have one. Okay. All right. Uh, so then with this shield lock, so I found the guy, one guy. And then we got together and we talked it over and we said, okay, I'm uh, here's two guys. Or, or rather another guy, you know, the, the next guy. And so we've got the three and then we get it to four. And then I proceed to find a some activity, something where we can be proximate, periodic. No, you've already have that with the first guy. So these other guys, so we don't change every time a guy adds. No, it's this is what we do, and right. you, you can come and be with us. Sure. Or, okay. All right. No, that's good. See, right. yeah. He's right. Okay. Um. So now we've done that. So we we whatever it doesn't matter what it is, uh, we knit. We don't knit. That's how about you do you hand smock? Oh, do some smocking. That's good. Right. Okay, yeah. So we're smocking. We smock together every right. Thursday night. Sure. Because bridges on Wednesdays, duh. Yeah. And uh, and so we're smocking. And then help me with what does it look like now? Like we're there. It's every Thursday. And after, of course, you know the obligatory. Hey, how's it going? Whatever. I'm assuming you know that's a thing, right? Who sets the agenda, or do you just sort of is it uh, we're just there and kind of the Q sets feeding it, yeah. who's the Q? Whoever that happens to be. So oh. every group okay, of good. every group of two men or more, oh, the alpha dog always ends up leading. Okay, it's just the way it goes. He's the you know we talk about the six. Right. Does that change? In F3, this is the twelve. But does it? But does that change? Is sure. that is that guy the same every time? If it. It, it, he is the 12 until such point where some other guy... Somebody eats him. Or <laughs> well, maybe, just, maybe, just in, in the, maybe just has more leadership, either zeal or desire or skill or whatever. In a general sense or for that particular meeting? For that or? particular meeting, okay. but it's probably going to reflect generally. Generally, yeah. And I would think it would. I but. mean, this is something that men are actually pretty good at. Boys and men. Agreed. There's a lot of guys that listen that I talk to. They really get caught up in the weeds. The engineers. 
you know, those, yeah. the accountants, right? And so I'm, you know, I just want to make sure I'm covering all the sure. things because I, you know, that we're 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 touching all the bases because right. I, you know, I don't look, wanna... I'm a broad stroke guy, fair, and uh, I don't really worry about details, and I because of that I seek detailed oriented guys, yeah, uh, like you to help me <laughs> uh, because I know that, you know, right. and uh, so these are good questions and good points, things that I would, yeah would gloss over or I would figure like, ah, we'll figure it out when I get there. Well, and I tend to sometimes, I mean, I would think similarly, but I just know when I show up, I'm going to get those questions. Right. And then I'm, ha- I'm going to have some kind of expectation that I have an answer. And then I'm going to look at them and go, well, I don't know. You know, well, right. I guess I'll go ask somebody or figure it right. out. I don't know. Right. So, um, so then as a, as a, as a, uh, we're there, we're spocking. It's, you know, we're all the Thursdays, all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> when, well, let me ask this. How long have you had for you or maybe a prescriptive, you know, how long should a group, but how long do those four guys stay together? Till it no longer works. Okay. I mean, I think it could be a lifetime or somebody could move away or, you know. Okay, sure. I mean, what death and, you Let's know. Let's put it this way. It's something you need in your life. So as long as it's working, you got it. And if it's something uh, that requires a change for one reason or another, then you make the change. But cool. you never give up on the concept itself. You're always seeking to keep it accelerating. Do you ever go past four? Sure, you could. Okay. All right. It's just the problem with getting that over those numbers is the more guys you have, the less intimate you're going to be. Well, I mean, it's in, in a similar concept to, you know, 18-ish at a workout. Sure. At some point, it becomes problematic. Here's another to just keep weird, weird thing things. about numbers, too. Four guys know that if they're not there, their absence is noted, that it's it's detrimental to the group. You know, like six guys, a guy might say, ah, there's still five Sorry, other guys. Five yeah. But what if three guys? You know, if you're in a six-man group with three guys say that, then you, you have three guys. Yeah, yeah. Right, so it's almost diminishing returns to scale. It's just too many guys for it to right. be important. That makes sense. Like, I'm not important enough right. as I, a member well, of a nine-man group. Even so, I and whether they're actually physically present if there's six, seven guys, sure, I can easily, Check I can, out. I can bury those things yeah. that I don't want to talk about right. and don't want to be held accountable for and all truth. that kind of stuff. Truth, not wisdom. It's both, different. a little of both. Yeah, a little of both. It's, so we'll it's just, a mixed egg. It's a, it's a mix. Yeah, yeah, that does happen. Yeah. That happens. Um, well, I think that uh, I think I have a much clearer sense of of shield lock and what it is because again, what I what I'm seeing out there a lot is we're we're treating shield locks like whetstones or we're calling them that when they're not and we're not expanding past two guys uh, often right you know and we're not we're not really looking at it as an intentional thing we're saying oh yeah generally oh yeah shield lock these these guys these guys i hang out with sure you know, these guys i see often and that's not it like most things in life that are important and necessary shield lock doesn't happen accidentally sure yeah you uh you can't trip and fall in. <laughs> nah, generally not yeah Generally, it's the result of deliberate action to try to, to bring about a particular outcome. And it's done with skill and trial and error, collision learning, all those things. Right. So, gentlemen and, and or ladies. So, is this good for ladies, too? I, I don't, don't know, know a thing about ladies. I was just, I don't have any idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that one got me. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I why lie? <laughs> I do. I, you weren't really asking me this, but you can't shield lock with a woman. 
Oh no, certainly. I wasn't thinking. I was thinking a group of women right, doing it right. themselves. Yeah, well, I would yeah. hope so. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I, yeah, I just. I would hope so. Well, but I don't, I don't the only reason I ask is I don't remember when it was a couple weeks ago or whatever, and I said something about uh, guys that are listening, and you were like, "Well, oh, and ladies, yeah, you know." So oh, I guess I should just you know try and clue in. So oh, should ladies do this too? I don't know. Probably, maybe. Well, you know, whenever I give a talk about F three and it's a mixed group, a gender mixed group, right? You know, I say the things I say, and one of the things I would say, I. I'm talking about men, this, that. And then a woman will come up to me afterwards and say, you know, these things are all true for women, too. And I said, I never said they weren't. I said, I don't know. Right. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, well, it's just the face you made, too. You, you're, right. I don't know anything about ladies. I don't know. <laughs> I'm a man with a wife and three daughters who has learned to serve women. And I hope I learn more about it. But I don't know what they're thinking. And I don't know how they organize or what they need. Sure. Other than the one things that they either tell me right. or manifest in ways that I've become accustomed to picking up. But, right. you know, I would not deign to uh, pontificate all the endless amounts of idiotic Things theories I, I have for men. I would never. <laughs> I would never. I would never lay those on. on I just don't know. Yeah. The answer is simple. I don't know. I just don't know. Fair enough. We'll cut that. Um, well, that was. I mean, that's sort of the the extent of the good the because we have exactly right, one that, minute. I was kind of looking to right. to end this at forty. <laughs> well, my goal was to. I set my timer on forty three. Yeah, and my goal was, was to try to get it done in forty three because that's a that's one of the comments I've gotten from people too long maybe directly and said, you know, it's particularly guys who commute. They say, look, it's longer than my commute, and I would like it to to wrap up. So, um, yeah, but you have to commute two ways. Good point. So that's what. See, my commute is uh, exactly half a mile. <laughs> so I don't. So you could walk it backwards and yeah. still. It yeah, just I mean, doesn't. And yeah. that's not the way I personally listen to podcasts. I actually listen yeah. to them while I'm doing other things. And but I think a lot of men. Oh no, I know I do. Yeah, yeah that's so, what I listen to. Yeah, because you car. have a little bit of a commute. So yeah. you know, for if it if it fits into the the commute pocket, then then ta da ta da. Well, gentlemen, I hope that uh, I hope this was helpful because and ladies and. <laughs> I don't know anything about ladies. I don't know anything about ladies. You know, uh, Frank? Yeah. There he goes. There's the alarm. <laughs> you got a face for radio. Dread. This <laughs> is a podcast. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>